open our Bibles. Once again, I'd like for you to turn back to the book of Matthew in chapter 1. Matthew in chapter 1, I know you may be thinking, well, it's just another Christmas message tonight. In a way that it is, in a way that I want you to realize it is not. It's a message that denotes not only what Christ came to do, but what the devil continues to try to work against. The Bible states in our text reading here that Jesus Christ shall save his people from their sins. That is a, that is a statement that is actually a declaration. This is what God says that his son came to do. And if God says his son's coming to save his people from their sins, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yet the devil does his best to fight against the salvation of lost souls. The devil uh, started even in the beginning of the incarnation of God. As we see... uh, Herod had all the young babies killed, all the males. What he was doing was trying to eliminate Jesus Christ from the scene. He was afraid of the popularity of this babe. And the Bible says in verse 18, down through verse 25 again, as we have have read and we have no doubt we have had several different messages on this, on this one portion of Scripture. And we've had three messages within the last uh, two weeks on this one portion of Scripture. This one tonight, again, is going to be different from what we have seen and what we have heard already. But the Bible says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets saying. Behold a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he took unto him his wife. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, tonight, dear God, We do come thanking you for the birth, the incarnation of thy very power and presence. 
Lord, I pray that you will cause us, thy people, to rejoice today. For even the devil cannot outpower the Almighty. The devil cannot outwit the Almighty. Lord, today we're thankful that you sent your Son, as you did, born of a virgin. Lord, we thank you that he went to the cross and he died and gave his life that we might have life. Some 33 years after his birth, he came to set the captive free. And with all the attempts upon his life down through the ages, and even from the time of his earthly birth and ministry, there was a work and a power trying to destroy, trying to put away the very salvation that we enjoy this very evening. Lord, I pray that you'll open our eyes. I pray for the lost around us, dear God, that you might cause them to see. Lord, I'm praying you will stay the devil's hand tonight. Lord, that you might be able to do that work without any interference. Lord, I'm praying that even in this house tonight, the lost man, the lost woman, boy or girl, Lord, may have no interference of the devil. They may hear the word of God. They may see with their eyes and hear with their ears the glorious truth of salvation. Lord, I pray that you'll bless us this evening. Again, we're asking that you would empower your word. And I pray that you'll forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends tonight, as we gather together this Christmas evening, and as we consider the Holy Scripture before us, we come to this thought, why did He come? Our text shows us exactly why Jesus Christ was sent to the earth, namely this, for He shall save His people. He shall save them from their sins. So what can be gleaned from this reading tonight? We understand that according to the Word of God, that the devil has always tried to stop this action from taking place. I believe as you go back in time even, you go back and you study typology and you go back and you look at, you look at Moses, the life that he lived and how that, uh, how that uh, you know, there was a very, very possibility that he was going to be snuffed out. His life was going to be ended by a wicked king. But yet, he was hid in the bulrushes. There was that one who came and bare his life up. We see down through the life of Moses, and Moses as a type of, of Jesus Christ, you see all the instances where he would face death. He's faced the very the very uh, uh, epitome of, of evil. That's what we see as we look at the life of Jesus Christ even. In Matthew in chapter 2, 
uh, verses 12 down through verse 20, you see uh, this, this coming to pass in the life of Jesus Christ as He was, as he was uh, uh, brought forth and it was witnessed by the angel of the Lord why He came upon this earth. From the birth of Jesus Christ, listen, the devil has sought a way to stop the salvation of the Lord. From the very instance, uh, if you go down through chapter 2, you see where, where uh, uh, this, this, this King Herod had tried his best to put the end to the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to die for you and me. He came to set the captive free. He came to give us salvation. And this is the one thing that the devil absolutely abhorred. The devil does not want to see victory in Jesus. Amen. You don't want to hear about the song victory in Jesus. But friend, I want you to know tonight that that's exactly what we see in Jesus Christ. We see victory. We see victory in the life that He lived as He lived a perfect life here upon the earth. He did no wrong and and there was no sin ever found in Him. And when He went to the cross of Calvary, when He went to pay our sin debt, they had to pay men to lie against Him so that they could get a charge to stick to hang Him on an old rugged tree, an old rugged cross at Golgotha. Friend, I want you to know tonight, again, from the birth of Jesus Christ to the end of His life, the devil sought to put an end to the salvation plan that God, His Son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead, placed together in eternity past. The devil wanted to put a stop to it once and for all. In Matthew in chapter 4, if you'll look at that in the verse... Verses 1 down through verse 11, here, here you see it written as, as Jesus Christ, after He had been baptized and after, after He showed us what He wanted us to do upon our salvation. The Bible says the devil led Him away and He tempted Him in the wilderness. Now I want you to think about this for just a moment. How did the devil tempt Him? How did the devil try to try to cause him to, to uh, stumble and fall. As a matter of fact, he said he talked about him casting himself off the highest pinnacle. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to see Jesus die. He wanted to see Jesus' mission put an end to. And even tonight, he, he strives to see that the mission of Jesus Christ is 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 no longer considered. In many cases today, there are many people that have heard about the mission of Jesus Christ and the salvation of the Lord, and they have turned away from it. And the devil has sat and applauded them all along the way. The devil thinks he's won. The devil thinks he's got this thing all sewed up, doesn't he? As a matter of fact, I believe when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, when they placed Him in a tomb, I believe the devil was shouting for joy. I believe he was dancing a dance that he's never danced before. But little did he know that on the third day, Jesus was going to be raised again. Jesus was going to be brought to life by the God of heaven Himself. And listen, God has power over the devil. 
He does. Our text says that he was going to save his people from their sins. You know, as I go back to Matthew in chapter 4, when Jesus Christ was being tempted, in verse 6, listen to this. As in verse 5, the devil took him up into the holy city and he put him upon the pinnacle of the temple and he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bury thee up. Lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. But notice what the words of Jesus Christ was. It is written. Friend, I want you to know something today that that's exactly what what this Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 through 25 is all about. It's written. Listen, it's written. God is the victor. Because he says here, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. On down in verse 10 again, he says to Satan, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Folks, I want you to know something today, that even today, on this Christmas evening, the devil wishes to put an end to salvation by blinding the hearts and eyes and ears of the, of the sinner. It is, his, it is his sole duty tonight to try to keep you from hearing the Word of God. You say, well, how does he do that? He does that by sending distractions. He sends them through the pews. He sends them through the highways. He sends them to your ears as, as you're sitting in the house of God or wherever it is that you heard the glorious gospel and He's saying unto you, listen, you got time. Don't worry about it. That's how the devil has victory over the life of the sinner. That's how the devil gains victory over the life of that fallen sinner. He teaches them. He grabs a hold of the, of the word that comes forth like a ravenous bird. And it carries it off. Listen, folks, I want you to know something today. There's been a lot of times. There's been many times where I've seen... It's almost like the ravenous bird has come into this house and, and swooped down and grabbed the gospel away from a lost sinner. Lest that he should hear and lest that he should see and lest he should believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Folks, I'll tell you, I'm a sovereign grace preacher, but you let me tell you this, I know how the devil works. And it is the devil's work to keep you from hearing the Word of God tonight. That's his job. That's his main agenda today. It is to keep you from hearing the Word of God, come what may. That's the reason why that when Jesus Christ was two years under, that they sought to kill him, just like all they killed all those young babe boys. Because they wanted to snuff out the life of Jesus. That was the work of the devil too. Let me, add, let me tell, uh, interject that. That is the work of the devil. To see to it that he tries to stop 
and stomp out the salvation of the Lord. He wishes to blow the seed of the gospel upon the stony ground with the ground choked out by briars. You know, you go back to the book of Matthew in chapter 13 and there we have the, the reading of the, of the parable of the sower. You know what? Tonight I'm here and I'm sowing the gospel word. I'm sowing the gospel as seed as it goes forth. Some will land upon the, upon the stony ground where it cannot take root but just for a while and then it withers away when the sun bears down upon it. That's those individuals whose the word touches their hearts. It causes them to have a thought in their mind. It causes them to, to, to think about the hereafter. But alas, alas, the pressure comes. The sun begins to beam down and the root is not nearly deep enough to make a difference and the root dies out and dries up. The same falls upon the upon the ground uh, that's infested with thorns and briars and thistles. Every last one of you know what it's like, especially you farmers know what it's like to work around a field that's full of multiple rows or, or green briar or something like that. It seems like that multiple rows just keep spreading and it keeps getting further and further away from the hedgerow and then it begins to choke out anything that's under it or in it. <coughs> There may have been some good seed sold. There may have been some proper tillage going on at one time, but then the, the briars or, the, or what the Bible shows us is the cares of life come in. They choke that word out. That's the devil's work. That's what the devil does. He makes you look at the world's goods and says, that's what I want and I'll do whatever it takes to get to it. You may be here this Lord's day hearing yet not hearing. Seeing yet not able to see. That is the work of the devil to attempt to stop the word from making a difference in your life. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 13, notice what it says here now. Matthew 13 and 13. The Bible says, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. You know the reason why lost sinners walk out of this house without ever trusting the Lord? Because they don't understand what lies out the door for them. The devil has won and that's, that's the work of the devil. The devil has put a stop to your thought process. 2 Corinthians 3 and 14, the Bible says, But their minds were blinded. In verse 15, uh, about the third part of that, says the veil is upon their hearts. This is the devil's main work today. 
even in this house of God tonight, to put a veil upon the preaching of the gospel. Now, secondly, I want you to think about this. Notice that the devil could not overpower the Lord. Now, we go back to the book of Matthew, chapter 4. You look at that and you see something that I think is very important. The devil could not win against, against the Lord. As a matter of fact, in verse 11 it says, And the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. That was after Jesus Christ told him to get behind me, Satan, or get thee hence, is what he said in this instance. The devil has no power to stand against the Lord. That's, that's one thing I want you to get a hold of here tonight. I've had people to look at me and say, well, preacher, I just don't think that I can live that life. Listen, if you're truly saved by the grace of God, it was the Lord that gives you the, the grace and the ability to live the life of a Christian. These are not good works in order to be saved, but they're good works because we are saved. It is the power of the Almighty to come and to assist and aid His children. There comes a time when even the devil must concede to the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Matthew 4.11 The Bible says this, now listen to this again, Then the devil leaveth him. Then the devil leaveth him. Jesus Christ can and will do the same on your behalf tonight. He can outpower the devil because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The devil has always tried to overthrow the sovereign of the universe. But look at the power of his voice when he said, Satan. When he speaks unto the, unto the devil himself, and, and you know me, when I write it down in, the, in, the, in my writings, in my, in my scripture readings, in my, in my memos, as I'm writing out a, a message, I don't even like to give the devil any credit at all. I write it so small I can't hardly see it. I don't even begin a sentence with a capital letter if the first, if the first word of the sentence is the devil or devil. Folks, I want you to know something. That's the way the Lord looks at him too. Again, in 1 John 4, the Bible says, I believe it's verse 4, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Folks, I want you to know something today. The devil's, the, the devil's main agenda is to put a stop to your thinking about salvation. That's what, he, that's what he came to do. He, that's what he's working so hard at. Little does he know that when the scripture said that Jesus will save his people from their sins, he will do just that. He will save them from their sins. And the devil has no discharge in that war. The devil lost. 
Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus Christ was risen again on the third day, early that Sunday morning when they came to the tomb and he was, he was already gone, there's no doubt in my mind the devil was sitting there on a stone somewhere with his head bowed and he'd lost. When Jesus Christ came forth out of, the, out of that grave, listen, there's no doubt in my mind that the devil had to hang his head because he knew that he had been beat. And there's coming a day in Revelation 20 and 10 when the devil's going to be judged in its finality. And he will be cast into the lake of fire. Folks, I want you to think about this. Now we look back at the babe in the manger. We go all the way back to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 through 25. And there we, we see what is known as the Christmas story. But it's more than just that. We're talking about, we're talking about the life that brings salvation to you and I. We're talking about the life that overpowered the devil. Now when Jesus Christ went to that grave, listen, I know that the devil was applauding all the Roman soldiers and everybody else that had part in it. I guarantee you that. But when he came out the third day, he had to hang his head. Because Jesus is coming to save his people from their sins. He will. W-I-L-L. He will save his people. Now, I want you to think about this in this last thought. I'm going to stop for just a moment. Now, we go back to our text and we see Jesus Christ. We see him as a babe in a manger. And then a couple of years later you see him when the wise men came back and they wanted to bring presents unto him. Do you still see him there? Listen, I want you to stop for just a moment. I don't want you to see him in the cradle. But I want you to see him on the cross. I want you to see him as he lived a life that was so impeccable that nobody could lay any blame to him. They had to pay men to lie against him. And yet they crucified him for you and me. That babe in a manger grew to be a man of 33 years and, and some odd months. And, and, and the Bible says that he, not was just, he, just, he wasn't just a man. He was the God man. He was the perfect son of God. And he lived a life that was unattainable by you and I and then he died on the cross he died he died he shed his precious blood so that you and I may live but listen don't leave him up on the cross that babe that was born in the manger over 2,000 years ago, don't leave him on a cross. Don't place him in a cradle. But notice, as you see, his empty tomb. I want you to look today at the miraculous overpowering of the devil 
who was not able to keep him in the tomb because God rose him from the grave. Listen. This is not an ordinary Christmas message as you would think. This is a message of hope. It's a message of life. It's a message that brings about the ability for one to come unto the Father by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified, buried and risen again the third day. That's what His life was all about. Don't leave Him in a, don't leave him in a cradle. Don't put Him on a, on a cross. Don't leave Him in a tomb. Realize today that He's on the right hand of the Father and He's there to make intercession. He's there for you and me. He's there for anyone who will come unto Him. Who have believed on, on His death, burial, and resurrection. That's what the gospel is all about. I ask you again, have you only seen Him in a manger as a babe? Or have you seen Him on the cross, crucified, risen again for our salvation? In John chapter 5, and I'm getting ready to come to a close here. I want you to think about this now. John chapter 5, verse 24 and 25, the Bible says, Verily, verily, that word there simply means truly, truly. I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. You know what that is? That's power over the devil. That's power over Lucifer. That's power over Satan. Regardless of what you want to call him, it's power. But he's passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour's coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. Tonight the devil will do his best to turn you away. He will tell you that there is all kinds of time. Or he'll tell you that you're not so bad and sinful after all. He will cause this word to be blown to the stony ground. Or the ground infested with briars. He will choke out the word. But this is the word that you need to hear today. This is the word that brings about a new life. A life of salvation. Don't leave him as a babe in a manger. And I know that's one of the greatest things that's being mentioned today. That he was a, that he was a babe in a manger. But he grew. He became a man who lived a perfect life. He died on the cross of Calvary. He shed His precious blood. He was buried that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This is the word you need today. Matthew 1, 21, again the Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins.
Are you one of the children of God? That's what I want you to think about tonight. Being saved by the grace of God. And overpowering the devil by the, by the life, death, and burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what brings about your salvation. Believing upon Him. May God help us today.